Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. So that sort of explains the bit, John. I know you're new. I like it. I, I know like you're it. You're new to three disasters and puppies, but that's sort of the bit there. Three uh, disasters, and you have selected disasters yes. are things that uh, appear to be a disaster for you. They might not be for everybody, but by golly, if you're calling disaster, then then I'm not going to throw the penalty flag. Well, I'll follow along. I appreciate with. that. I appreciate you playing along. I, you know, the other part of it is since we're so close to Christmas. I don't want to go too hardcore into the disaster area. You know, I mean, you don't want to depress anybody. Even with the puppy story rescuing things at the end, I don't want to really bring people too far down. So they're disasters in maybe a mildly comedic sense. How about that? Okay, I'm with you. All right, you ready? Let's start with disaster number one. John, have you heard the conspiracy theory that birds aren't real? No. You hadn't heard this one? No. All right, well, that's been going around for a little bit now. And the trouble is, soon enough, they may have some justification for it. What do I mean? Millions of people in the United States are bird watchers, but a couple of years ago, a satirical conspiracy theory gained popularity because of an absurd claim that those birds were also watching people. Specifically, it suggested that the U.S. government killed over 12 billion birds in the American skies and replaced them with surveillance drone replicas that watch you and me every day. That's according to Peter McIndoe, who is the founder of the satirical movement, which is called, quote, Birds Aren't Real. He says, I came up with the concept because I thought that was one of the most outlandish things, but that there was some level of possibility that there could be bird-shaped drones. Well, now, in the past couple of years, technology has evolved. Simultaneously, trust in science has decreased and more misinformation has spread on the Internet. So now we're at a, to- we're at a period of time where the years have passed and the ideas have sort of grown around this Birds Aren't Real bit. And that it fits in more and more with things that are actually happening, according to this guy that created the bit. Rather than being the stuff of Internet memes, some engineers are, in fact, trying to reverse engineer how birds fly to eventually take what they learn to create more efficient bird-like drones. Oh. The lessons researchers are learning from birds could translate into better drones, along with the structure of bird wings, the coloration of some birds, allows them to coast in the air more efficiently. Get this. Many seabirds, like albatrosses, have black feathers on the top of their wings and white on the bottom, which heats the air on top of the bird and helps generate lift. The field of biometrics has matured a lot in the past couple of years, and it makes a world where drones are not as easily as distinguishable from birds, according to one scientist, maybe in the future, the not-so-distant future, you will not be able to distinguish the real and the artificial birds. Say it ain't so. We're going to have you know, drone birds, John. Drone birds. Here, here is the thing, Dan. Yeah. Uh, before I, you get to the next disaster. No, go ahead. Go ahead. There was a movie a couple of years ago. I don't recall the name of it, but somebody listening will know it. They will text it to the CCO talk and text line at 651-461-9226, where they were trying to decide whether or not to fire some sort of like a hellfire missile at 
you know, potential terrorists. And they had these little teeny tiny drones. Some were like bees and some were like birds that flew into an open house and perched. Helen Murren was in the movie. I can't think of what it is, but somebody will know it and they'll text it. So I'll, I'll wait patiently for that, but I'll listen for disaster number next. Disaster number two, John. Yeah, that's scary. No, I don't, I don't need, we don't need to convert confusing birds with drones. Let's just have the birds be the birds and the drones be the drones and, Bad things happen if we try to conflate those two things. Also, bad things are happening here in Minnesota, John, because of the warm weather. Many people heard earlier this week the Minnesota Ice Festival, which had high hopes for 2024 that included what they believed would break the record for the world's largest ice maze, has unfortunately had to be canceled. Oh. On Wednesday, the CEO announced that the winter celebration, which was supposed to start at January 5th at Vikings Lakes in Egan, has been canceled, blaming the unseasonable start to winter. Goes without saying that temperatures in the 40s and 50s is not ideal for ice making. The CEO added that it's important for those attending events to featuring large ice or snow structures to exercise caution as warmer temperatures can affect the stability of these structures, creating potential hazards. Because there's other ice festivals or snow festivals that are still going on. They're building a, an ice castle up in Maple Grove near where my folks are living. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't step within 20 feet of that thing the way that the temperatures are right now. <laughs> yeah. It's a little shaky, it's Dan. Little, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Uh, this particular event, a large amount of ice has already been delivered to the festival site. Organizers say it's under a blanket of insulation to keep it from melting, and they hope it can be used in a winter celebration of some sort later this winter when things cool down. As I was saying, other things are still going on. The Ice Palace Minnesota is at a standstill as crews wait for temperatures to cool down. The winter attraction which started in Idaho, is in its second year in Minnesota, this year in its new location at Delano Central Park. So they're still hoping to get that done. Uh, with the shorter season, uh, the folks, again, with the Ice Castle, say they, they do not anticipate having to cancel the event. Last year, attendance reached nearly 50,000 with an opening date of December 27th. Hmm. Uh, they're probably not going to be able to get that open until mid-January at this point, and that's, again, hoping that, can't, that the uh, temperatures cool down. It just occurred to me mm. that probably the pond hockey championships a problem. Not, they are, are, are in, you know, maybe in jeopardy as well. I haven't heard that yet, but for Lake Nokomis, I, you know, I don't think I'd want to be standing near one of 20 hockey rinks out there on the frozen lake. You know, they're, they're saying that there's places up in northern Minnesota where it's okay to be out on the ice, but I mean, I've seen people around here in the metro out trying to ice fish, and no way. Are you getting me anywhere near Pond or Lake Ice in this area, given what the way the temps have been? Yeah, that's a little dicey to just, begin with. Just so. had, do you heard the story about Upper Red Lake? They had a chunk of yes. ice break off. And a, my, my favorite part was the one guy who said, hey, can you come back and rescue me later? The fishing's pretty good. I want to stay <laughs> yeah. out here. <laughs> yeah. When the, when the ice flow breaks off and yeah. goes, it's, it's like being able to go trolling while yeah. you're ice well, fishing. I suppose. I suppose. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah. Disaster. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Number th- yeah. yeah okay. Disaster number three, John. Disaster number okay. three. And again, lighthearted with the use of the word disaster at this point. We're, it's Christmas on, on Monday. You know? Let's just relax. Uh, but next month, stamp prices are going up, John. This is a disaster. This cannot stand. 
You don't have to go. You don't have to. You don't have forever to get forever stamps at sixty six cents. Did you know that the current price of stamps is sixty six cents? I, I saw have that no idea. Day. Yeah, I saw that the other day. I was kind of. I've got a drawer full of forever well, stamps. Good, good because it's going up to sixty eight cents on January twenty first. The price hike is part of a rate increase proposed back in October and approved by postal service service governors in November. Other services are also going to see an increase in January, including Priority Mail, which is going up five point seven percent. Priority Mail Express, which is going up 5.9%, and USPS Ground Advantage, that's going up 5.4%. The increases are part of the Postal Service's 10-year Delivering for America plan, which was enacted back in 2021. The upcoming increase is the in the price of first class for Amphor stamps will be the fifth increase under that plan. Uh, when it was introduced in 2000, in, or when introduced in 2007, Forever stamps cost 41 cents. And any forever stamp you buy, of course, is good for sending mail forever. So yeah. if you have the drawer full of 66 cents or whatever you bought them at, those are going to be just fine. But the next time you need to go buy stamps, it's going to be 68 cents per well, stamp. I think I'm sitting on a potential gold mine well, because I mean, there you go. I've, got, I've got several at 43 cents that I think – See, this isn't a disaster I'd... for you at all. You can make some money here. Yes. Resell those to some of the neighbors. And I, I also have some global forever stamps. So if you'd like to send oh. a card internationally, um, you can put one of those global forever stamps on. So if you got it at 43, then you sell it at like 60, and you're still undercutting the Postal Service, but you're making, you know, 17 cents a profit per stamp. I mean, I'm, I'm sensing a business opportunity here, John. Yes. Yes, I think we're so on to something It's not a disaster here. at all for you. This is great news for you. <laughs> yes, it is. Unbelievable. Now, we follow three disasters. We do. We do. With- because when you're down... And you're in the dumps because life seems disastrous and it seems like, you know, nothing's going right and all of these horrible things are happening in the world. You know what you need, John? You, a puppy. You need some puppies. You need some puppies. John, there's a patient at M Health Fairview. This is another Minnesota story. At the Masonic Children's Hospital who's raising funds and awareness for a program that comforted her during life-saving surgery and recovery. Uh, 13-year-old Ellie presented staff at the hospital back on Monday with a check from her fundraising efforts in honor of the hospital dog who supported her. She said, you guys have done so much for me, and so I wanted to do something for you guys. She has a rare chromosomal disorder called Turner syndrome. When she had heart complications and had to undergo open-heart surgery in April, she formed an unbreakable bond with Fern. Even before surgery, she was really nervous, and she just kept saying, I want to see the dog. As soon as I get out, I want to see the dog, said Ellie's mom. So when she came out of the ICU, Fern was right there for her. Mom says Ellie was still really sick at that time and had, was having a rough time keeping anything down. But as soon as she saw Fern, she lit up. The dog jumped right up in bed with her and snuggled right in. And it was like they had known each other their whole life. As she gained strength following the successful surgery, Ellie walked Fern around the hospital unit. Her love of pooches in the facility dog program led her to start a fundraising campaign. And this fundraising campaign was called Dogs for Dogs. She started at their local high school. They had hot dogs and puppy chow and some other stuff, and then they had a silent auction. And these efforts in her hometown of Twin Valley raised $1,200 for the facility dog program at Masonic, which currently has three dogs who were raised and trained by Can-Do Canines, the largest provider of assistant dogs in Minnesota. That facility dog program at Masonic launched in 2019. So Dogs for Dogs... Dogs helping kids out of surgery. We don't deserve dogs, John. They're too good for us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we don't deserve them. And, and do you still stand in the same place as you always have on cats? I, 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 well, that depends on the last time we talked. Um, 
Have you softened on cats? Cat, well, cats and I have an agreement. I stay out of their way. They stay out of my way. We all go on with our lives happily. Okay. That's how yeah. I am. <laughs> yes. I, dogs, I, I love dogs. I want a dog. Actually, my, my apartment building went dog-friendly last year, about a year ago oh. this time. Yeah. And a man that I, I was tempted. I was so tempted. Not cheap, obviously, getting and maintaining a dog. And just the lifestyle that I lead between working two jobs and being kind of all over the place, it's just yeah. not suitable for – it wouldn't be fair to the dog. As much as I would ske- love to have a dog. The schedule has to allow it. It really to, does. Do, to do right Or you've got to have the dog. Like a spouse or somebody else around that can help out with the dog. Yeah. It's your turn. Yep. You get up and walk the dog. So, yes. yes. Yeah. So that, John, it, that is three disasters and puppies. How do you feel about this segment at this point? Three disasters and puppies. I, I think it's a great idea because you, you do sort of, you know, kick us in the in the um, shins. Just keep it, yeah, yeah keep it, yeah, keep it PG. And then you you lift our spirits with a heartwarming story of Fern the puppy at the um, Masonic, Masonic home. Yes. Yeah, yes. So great stuff all the way around. I appreciate Thank the heck you, out of that. Thank you for telling the stories. Hey, let's do this then. This is a great place. Rather than labor over this, let's take a time out. Come back. We'll get some more uh, rundown of weather details for you and more at News Talk 830 WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 